Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 37 today. And I thought it was wonderful that, it's, that Pastor Eric felt a stirring from the, from the Lord for a word because I want to talk to you today about prophecy. I want to talk to you that this church is not just another church in this city. This church is a church with a voice for this city. All right? And we are a church that flows in the prophetic. That is divine utterance. And I don't want to just be a nice church in town. I don't want to just be another church on another corner in this city. I want to be the church that McKinney, Texas cannot live without. That One Cause Church has their fingers on the pulse of this community. That people are getting set free and delivered and saved and healed because of the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God that flows through your lives in this community. Can I get a really good amen this morning? Amen. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to just survive. We're called to thrive. Hallelujah. We're called to go into all the world and be lights of this gospel of Jesus Christ. To be the messengers that bring this powerful good news that God brought to us. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And anyone who will believe that will be born again. We'll be saved. We'll be made a new creation in Christ. Old things will go away and all things will become new. Hallelujah. He'll take you and just position you right in heaven, right alongside him. He'll bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He will cause you to rule and to reign in life because his grace abounds to you. Hallelujah. Because you stopped a long time ago trying to do it your way. You thought, hey, if Jesus did it for me, I'm just going to get in his way. If that's all I have to do is receive his grace and flow in that grace and victory and believe God. Hallelujah. I'll take that over trying it myself any day. Amen. I can't do the job Jesus can do. But with him in me, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. With Christ in you, you're just like him. Hallelujah. You're just as righteous as Jesus Christ himself sitting here in your seat right now. You might not have talked like you were righteous this morning. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I mean, you should talk right. But your righteousness has nothing to do with that. Your righteousness has everything to do with what Jesus did and you believing that he did it for you. Amen. I thank God for that. That one part of me is totally perfect. Now, Heather hadn't seen that side yet. When we get to heaven, she'll see it. But one part of you is totally righteous, perfect, right now, forever and ever and ever. I love Hebrews 10, 14. He has perfected forever, past tense. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Everybody in this room is being sanctified right now. Now, we're just trying to live out the salvation experience day by day by renewing our minds to this truth that we are who God says we are, whether we feel like it, whether we talk like it, whether we look like it or not. That's who we are. Amen? That's who we are. Say, that's who I am. Amen. That's who you are today. You, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Yeah. Praise God. So say this with me. I'm perfect. Because here's the truth. You are a spirit. This flesh that, 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 that you can touch and that look at your neighbor. Say, say I'm, I'm looking at you, but I'm not really looking at you. <laughs> yeah. See, you are a spirit. 
You have a soul. That is, you have this reasoning capacity, this mind, this will and emotion, and you live in this body, but this body is not who you are. Thank God. This isn't, the, this isn't the end. But someday, praise God Almighty, He's going to give us a new body that's going to be able to perform everything that that spirit has to do. Amen. But that's why we have to every day. That's why we have to use our minds. The Bible says, I, with the mind, I serve the things of the spirit. And with the mind, I serve the things of the flesh. And you've got to decide which one you're going to serve. When you get up in the morning, you're going to say, I'm going to be a spirit man or I'm going to walk in the ugly flesh today. I'm just going to let anything get me mad. I'm going to let my whatever my wife said, let my kids get on my nerves. I'm going to let the guy cut me off in traffic, just ruin my day. Yeah. Or you're going to say, no, I'm going to walk in the Spirit today. I'm going to keep the finger down today when I'm driving. The... Yeah, maybe add the other one. Yeah, peace. Friendly wave. <laughs> We've been in... The scriptures the last few weeks, and we've been doing a series called The Amazing Stories of the Bible, and they really are amazing. And we're going to go to this story in Ezekiel chapter 37. It's an interesting story. He was taken up in the spirit, and God showed him a vision. Now, the reason I want to talk about that we put this in there, because it's really an amazing thing that God can put his word in somebody, a man on this earth, and that person can speak into a situation in this world and see a true change take place. That is an amazing thing in and of itself, that the power is in the word of God through the spirit of God. Ezekiel chapter 37 says, the hand of the Lord, verse 1, came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have an experience with God, something like this, I'd rather him not drop me off in a valley full of bones. I mean, I want a, the mountaintop, you know. I want to go to Colorado or, you know, Lord, if we're going to get caught up in the spirit, take me to a tropical paradise. <laughs> Like you did Adam when you showed up there in the cool of the evening and y'all just walked in the garden together. But instead, he takes old Ezekiel, who's already in bad shape anyway. Ezekiel's in a rough spot because Israel is under the Babylonian Empire at this time. Everything that they've known about worshiping God and all their Judah has completely been obliterated. And they are in captivity. And Ezekiel is five years into captivity when the hand of the Lord began to move on him. And he's about 30 years old. And I'm sure he feels somewhat hopeless and helpless, thinking at 25 that he was going to be a priest like his dad. He was going to be serving in the house of God, maybe become one of the chief priests. But five years later, lo and behold, here he is in bondage, just like everybody else thinking maybe his hopes and dreams have been dashed against the wall. And is God here? Has he forsaken us? Where is he? But then here it says he took him, and he took him out to a desert full of dry bones. So far, it's not all that encouraging. Verse 2, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. The Bible goes into specific detail, tells not only were they dry bones, but they've been there a long time baking in the sun. Very dry bones, which really tells us there's zero life in these bones. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? God, through his word and by his spirit, always points us to possibilities that we just can't even imagine. But he's set that standard a long time ago in the very beginning. 
Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. That looks like a hopeless situation to me. Without form, void, and dark. Now, God had every opportunity at that time. And the Bible says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God spoke. Now, he could have very easily said what many of us find ourselves doing, speaking the facts, talking about what we're seeing. God stepped out there in the darkness. Man, guys, it's dark. It is dark, 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 dark. Gabriel, come over here and put that trumpet down for a sec. Come over and look at this. Look how miserably dark and void and formless this place is. This is, this is rough. Well, God didn't do that. God was God in this situation. God spoke and he said, let there be and there was Let there be light and there was light. All of a sudden, things changed with a word from God through the spirit that was hovering over the waters. He set this up a long time ago. God was showing something to Ezekiel that he himself had seen before. He's showing him potential. He's showing him what's possible. Listen to me. Every time you look into the Word of God and you see that the Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ and that you're a new creation, you look at that and you go, that doesn't seem possible. See, the, lot, the Bible shows you, the Bible says it's like looking in a mirror. And what it really reveals is what life can be like. What it can be like for you. In the spirit, it already is that. But you can experience that in your life right now. That these promises are not just hopefuls, hopefuls and wishful thinking. They are real things that can be applied into your life. The Bible says he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ. Okay, are you with me so far? Okay, so Ezekiel says at the end of verse 3. So I answered, oh Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Wow. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the... Notice that the Lord did not tell uh, Ezekiel to prophesy about the bones. Notice he did not tell him to talk to God to do something about the bones. He told him to speak to the dry bones. If you're going to see your situation change, you have to speak life, the Word of God, right at that situation. Jesus said it like this, whoever says to this mountain, this object, this situation, this hindrance, this circumstance, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire when you pray, that is, whatever obstacle is in your way, get it out of the way. Believe you receive your answer and you shall have it. Amen. Prophesy to those dry bones, Ezekiel. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Now, these bones are powerless to do anything. They're powerless to do anything. 
And all of a sudden, this word gets spoken over this dead, forgotten, gone situation. I hope this is helping somebody today. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Paul said it like this. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That is, have a divine utterance in your mouth. Now, well, how do, I don't know how to prophesy, Pastor Eric. I don't, what, what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that you find whatever is in the Word of God for your situation, whether it be that you need healing, whether it be that you need restoration, whether it need be that you need deliverance, whether it be that you need salvation, whether it be that you need uh, uh, financial help, whether it need, you need to overcome fear or worry or discouragement or you need fa the favor of God. The Bible's full of all the answers. Okay, that you get the word of God and you speak the word of God. That's how you prophesy into your life, the will and the word of God over your life. Because the Bible says the word of God by itself is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. That means it's the answer for every part of man. Hallelujah. Now, but listen to me. The Bible also teaches us that we don't know how to pray as we ought. Romans chapter 8 Let's turn over there for a moment. If you guys could bring that up on the screen, I want, them to, I want everybody to see this for a moment. I believe, go to verse 25. I think 25, maybe 24. Romans chapter 8 and verse 25. It says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance or patience. Okay? But if we hope for what we do not see, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Now, I could preach that part all by itself. That, is a, that likewise means in the same way. The Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Wow. What does that tell, what does that tell us in the same way the Spirit helps us? Just like you hope for what you don't see, the Spirit hopes for your life. The like in the same way that you hope for what you don't, but you wait for it with patience. The Spirit's patient with you, and He hopes for you. Whew. See, God's not expecting you to blow it. God's not expecting you to fall. God's not expecting you to mess up. Now, we do mess up and those things happen, but God, that's not God's expectation for you. His expectation for you is to get it right. His expectation for you is victory. His expectation for you is to overcome. Why? Because he put his spirit on the inside of you, that spirit that does not know how to lose. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He always gives us the victory. He's not expecting you to fail. He's expecting you to win. Hallelujah. Likewise, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But man, we sure do a whole lot of it, don't we? <laughs> and a lot of times we're doing it in ignorance, doing the best that we can. But ladies and gentlemen, we don't always know what we should be praying. That's what the Bible tells us right there. But here's the good news. God doesn't leave us out there in ignorance world. I mean, uh, funny little Christian, you're trying hard. No, he says, but the Spirit 
himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be put into words that we can't put together is what that means. We can't in our own natural way put the right words together, but the Spirit of God knows exactly what to pray. That's why it is so important for believers to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's vi- I know it's vital for my own life. I had to have that in my life. Amen. I have to have it in my life. And then later on, it says, let, let go, just go to verse 27. Let's go ahead and go through this. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints. How? How? So you might not always know the will of God for that situation. But thank God somebody knows exactly what to do. Somebody knows exactly what to say. But he's got to have your mouth. He's got to have your voice. He's got to have your faith intact. And if you'll open your mouth, I love what Jude says, you building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And let the Spirit of God speak the will of God for you. Now, we all know the very next verse, but all of that verse comes to being because of what just happened right here in verse 27. Verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. See, if the Spirit of God makes intercession for you, the end is always good. No matter what situation you find yourself in, the end is always good. Let's all say it together. The end is always good. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? So release the word of the Lord into your situation. Surely I will cause breath to enter to you and you shall live. Verse 6. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Wow. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. See, when you're speaking in things in the spirit, when you're proclaiming things over your life, I want you to just say this with me today. My declaration, my proclamation can change my situation. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. So you might not know, you might not hear that things are going on, but things are happening in the spirit. Why? Because you are a spirit. Everything that we see in the, in the visible came out of the invisible. That's what the Bible says. It came from an invisible God who spoke invisible words, and things started happening visibly. And as he is, so are you in this world. The very same power is on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you. The same anointing is on you. All right? So when you speak the word of God like God speaks the word of God, it's just as powerful coming out of your mouth as it is out of his. Can I say that again? I said when you speak the word of God, but you've got to believe this is true. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. All right? You have to believe this is true, that it's just as powerful coming out of your mouth as it is out of God Almighty's. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked uh, uh, upon them, uh, uh, as I looked, the sinews and, and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Now, oh, so, so we have the word, and now we've got the spirit. Breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, or O spirit, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great 
army from a valley full of bones to an exceedingly great army. How? By the Spirit and the Word of God prophesied. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Some of you might be feeling like that today, that your hope is lost in a situation today, but I'm here to tell you it's not over. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Now, how is it that they're going to know that the Lord is with them? When will they know? See, God didn't tell him, when you go into captivity in Babylon, then you'll know that I am the Lord God. No, it was when they got their deliverance. It's when they got brought up out of that dead situation. Hallelujah. It's when they brought, got brought up out of that hopelessness and brought into a place of promise. Then God said, then you'll know that I'm God. Because he always brings the good thing into your life. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful to God. Every good thing that is in my life that I have experienced on a daily basis, all of my life, every good thing has come straight from my Father in heaven. Not because I'm so good, because He's so good. Because He's good regardless of what I do. That's just the truth. He's good regardless of what I do. And it's His goodness that has continually led me to repentance. It's the Bible, that's what the Bible says. The goodness of God brings you to repentance. You, you, you know that you're not deserving God. You know that you're not deserving good things in your life. You've done things in your life, thing, and all of a sudden, you, I mean, how many of you ever had that experience that you've done something, you've strayed from God, and all of a sudden, some unexpected blessing comes in your life. You just go, oh my God, you just crumple under that yeah. grace. Yeah. Lord, I was expecting a, something different from this. I certainly deserve something different from this. It's the goodness of God that brings us to every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Hallelujah. Then you'll know. See, when good things come into your life, that's the moment to say, Lord, I know you're with me. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me into this situation right now. The good things that come into your life. Amen. That's God's plan for your life. I love Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Now Christ has become our high priest of the good things to come. See, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God to ensure that your future is good. Look at that. Hebrews 9, 11. But Christ came as high priest of what? The good things to come. Wow, wow, wow. See, the closer you get to him, the more you walk by faith, the more you spend time getting to know God, the gooder things get. Right. Amen. Amen. Gets better all the time with God. The Bible says that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter to the full day. It means life gets better and better the more you get to know Jesus. Amen. And the stuff that used to hold you back, the stuff that used to bind you and keep you away and keep you down has no effect in your life anymore. See, you're not under the law. That's why sin doesn't have dominion over you. You're under grace. The more you embrace the grace, see, the more you flow in that righteous pace. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That stuff that was contrary to you, that was against you, that was 
that was calling at, out at you, calling you such a sinner. When we stared at that law, Paul said, when I looked at the law, sin revived and I died. Yeah. And nothing I got, I was powerless to save myself. I was powerless to fix my situation. But thanks be to God, Jesus came and changed everything for me. And Romans chapter 8 starts off, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Woo! I came to encourage you today. came to encourage you today to prophesy hope into your life today. The Spirit of God is breathing on some of you, right? I want to just close our eyes for a moment. Let's receive from the Spirit of God, all right? Just the next couple of minutes here. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.